بنعمته تتم الصالحات وبفضله تتنزل الخيرات والبركات وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تعظيما لشأنه وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أما بعد All the praises and thanks are due to Allah We glorify Allah and we bear witness that there is none way of worship except Allah alone He has no partners in his kingdom He has no associate in his dominion He is the only one he has no partners. He is the only one worthy of worship. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one who created the days and the weeks and the months. And the alteration between the days that moves into the weeks and that moves into months and years remind humankind about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The coming of years that pushes mankind towards his destiny it reminds us of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we bear witness that none is worthy of worship except him alone. And we bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. He is the servant of Allah. He is the prophet of Allah. The best human being ever to be sent in this world. He is the best of all people that we can take as role models. His guidance is the best guidance for us in all our endeavors as human beings. Today, respected brothers, respected brothers in Iman, we want to remind ourselves about a reality that each one of us is aware about. The days that passes into weeks, and that of the weeks that passes into months and years, reminds humankind that this world, our existence on this earth will come to an end one day. There is a day that will be pushed out of this world to the next life. And that next life, that next abode, that all of us are gradually going into, with the coming of new years, that abode is an abode of accountability and not abode of actions. 
This dunya is a place of act and deeds. People who are dead will not get a chance to pray today's Jum'ah. So you are today praying the Jum'ah. You only see the reward of this Jum'ah that you are praying in the next life. So this life is the day of actions. On this note, Ali radiallahu anhu, the fourth caliph in Islam, the fourth Amir al-Mu'mineen, the fourth leader of the Muslims after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he one day admonished the people and told them, that that you see the world that you love so much, the world that you spend so much time to secure yourself in it, this world is leaving you and going away. And you see the hereafter, that many of us don't want to hear the mention of it, is coming to you. It's coming to you. And that each one of the world, the dunya and the hereafter, they have children. Children here means people who cherish them so much and work for them. There are people working for the dunya, trying to secure their life on the dunya, trying to get themselves the best of accommodations, the best of cars, the best of jobs, the best of certificates, the best of education for their children and for themselves. That is the dunya. We are not against these things. But in as much as we work to secure our world, we should not forget that the hereafter is also a weight of us. We need to work towards that. We need to work two times the way we're working for the dunya, for the hereafter. So he says that be part of the children of the hereafter. The children of the hereafter, they fear Allah in everything they do. When they talk, they keep in mind that Allah will question them. When anything happens to them, they don't go, they don't resort to, they don't resort to politicians' way of solving their problems. They resort to ways of solving their problems that Allah is pleased with. The children of the hereafter, they care about their salah. They pray their salah in the right time among the congregation. The children of the hereafter, they spend of their wealth in charity because they know what they are spending, they are going to get the reward of it in the hereafter. The children of the hereafter, they give their zakah. Today, a lot of Muslims don't give zakah when the year ends. Subhanallah. This zakah, Allah will question us about it. Zakah is purification for your wealth. So if you're capable of giving zakah, it's compulsory for you to give zakah. It's compulsory for a Muslim to give zakah. There is no separation between salah and zakah. That's why in the, in the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions several places So you come to pray salah, know that the same Allah who commanded you to observe salah, commanded you to give zakah. Muslims don't give zakah today, may Allah save us. So the people, the children of hereafter, they give zakah from their wealth. They read the Quran, they increase their knowledge, and they speak the truth. They are not corrupt. That's the children of the hereafter. Because every act of bribery and corruption brings dismay and sorrow to a person on the day of judgment. So Imam Ali radiallahu anhu was saying that, he said, Today is a day of action and deeds, and there's no accountability. And the day of judgment is a day of accountability, and there's no chance for a person to do any good deeds again. So we are in the right place for actions. We are in the right place to do acts of righteousness. We are in the right place to worship Allah. We shouldn't make a mistake to be part of those who shall regret after their death. Respected Muslims, respected believers, we today is, if I'm not mistaken, the third of Muharram. And Muharram is the first month of the Islamic calendar, the Hijri calendar. The Hijri calendar was adopted during the time of Umar radiallahu anhu when the 
were consulting each other about how to be able to write dates on the letters that dispatched into the kings of other world, the other empires. They adopted to take the time, the dates after the migration of the prophet from, from Mecca to Medina as the beginning of Islamic calendar. And so that was adopted. Why Hijri calendar was adopted? Why the calendar was adopted based on the Hijra migration? Because it was the migration that witnessed the coming out of Muslims from the state of weakness to a state of strength and to a state where they were able to establish their own state with the prophet being the governor of that particular state. So that is a very unique limestone in the history of Islam. Not the birth of the prophet and not even the revelation of the prophet because the prophet was born he led a life up to 40 years while his people were on paganism. The, the revelation came to him when he reached the age of 40. And yet, his message, his message couldn't reach anywhere. And so Allah gave them the permission to migrate from Mecca to Medina. And when they migrate, Allah gave them victory. Because in Medina, they established a state based on piety and righteousness. A state whereby the leader of the state is a servant of the ordinary citizens of that state. That was in Medina, the prophet. He will go around and serve the people with his own hands. Then came after him Abu Bakr Siddiq. He used to serve the people. Abu Bakr Siddiq, being the governor of the Islamic State, used to go out after Fajr. Early morning, he used to go out. Outskirts of Medina. There's an old blind woman outskirts of Medina. And Abu Bakr would go and sweep his house the governor of the Islamic State. Sweep his house, her house, fetch water, fill her containers with water, prepare the flour for her, and then prepare dates for her to eat, and he will go back to his home. That was the Muslim government in Medina. So the migration was very unique. And so Umar continued afterwards. When Abu Bakr died, Sayyidina Umar took over, and he wanted to see what Abu Bakr used to do in that house. He went to that house, saw an old blind woman, then he served the woman the same way Abu Bakr used to serve the woman. However, when he presented the date to the woman, when the woman beat one of the dates, he realized that no, the person who used to serve me is not the same as the person serving me now. So he asked, she asked Omar, the person who used to serve me, where is she? Where is he? He said, How do you know the person is not the one serving you now? Because you are blind. He said, the one who used to serve me before. When he's giving me the date, he open it and remove the seed and eat. So I don't find it difficult to eat the date. Then said, "No, Umar cried that no one can able to compete with Abu Bakr Siddiq." That was the governance that that state witness. So that is why they decided to adopt Hijri as a calendar. And the Hijri calendar is a natural calendar. It goes with the lunar month. And so Muharram is the first month of the year. It's called Muharram. And it's one of the holy months. Being in this holy month, Muslims, it reminds us that we need to close our, we need to start our life in holiness and sacredness. The Islamic year ends with a holy month, the month of Hajj, and begins with a holy month. Telling you that, make effort to begin your life as holy and to end it as holy. Because it's not how you start, but how you end. So you start goodness and try to end with goodness as Muslims. So in this month of Muharram, the Holy Prophet ﷺ guided us 
So among to some of the ways that we can please Allah more, and among such ways is fasting in this month of Muharram. About which the Prophet وسلم, said that Ramadan Muharram. The best fasting after the month of Ramadan is that fasting in the month of Muharram. And the month of Muharram, the Holy Prophet described it as the month of Allah. So we are in the month of Allah. And anything that is attached to Allah, according to the scholars, it shows the nobility of that particular thing. That is why we say, Baytullah, the house of Allah. We say, Kitabullah, the book of Allah. Nabiullah, the prophet of Allah. So the month of Allah, that name being used to describe Muharram, shows how noble Muharram is in the sight of Allah. So let us try to exert so much effort to worship Allah, particularly faster. If a Muslim cannot fast at all in this month of Ramadan, in this month of Muharram, he should not miss the opportunity to fast on the 10th of Muharram. The 10th of Muharram is known as Ashura. Ashura. On that particular day, a person who fasts on that 10th of Muharram, he gets a year of his sins forgiven. The past year of one's sins is forgiven. And of course, whenever you hear that, a particular act of righteousness, it leads to the cleansing of sins. What we need to know according to the authentic view of the scholars is that is the minor sins that are forgiven. But for major sins, a person needs to repent and make with resolution, with firm faith that he will not go back to such sin. But for minor sins, they are forgiven by hasanat, by goodies. Innal hasanat sayyat. Allah says that the goodies, they wipe away evil deeds. Now on that 10th day of Muharram, why do we fast as Muslims? It is reported that when the Messenger of Allah, may the peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, came to Medina, he found the Jews in Medina, the Jewish community in Medina, fasting on the 10th of Muharram. The Messenger of Allah inquired from the why do you fast this day? They say that this is the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Prophet Musa alayhi salam and his people, the Israelis, from Fir'aun, who was the chief rebellion maker at his time. The rebelliousness of Fir'aun got to the point that he denied even the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Anna rabbukum al-a'la. Allah said, Inna Fir'auna ala fil-ard. Fir'aun was rebellious on earth, very arrogant on earth. He caused a lot of rebellion, subjected his people to the humiliation of making him Allah. Nobody has ever denied in history of humankind the Tawheed Rububiyyah, the Lordship of Allah. No one denied it. Except some few among them. Among them is Fir'aun and the atheists, the Dahriya. Fir'aun denied the Lordship of Allah. Otherwise, the fact that human being recognizes that he has a law that created him is part of the natural human disposition upon which man is created upon. Is the rule is the rule is a natural disposition in man that you know that you have a law above you have somebody you call your Lord everybody have that natural feeling in him but Fir'aun says that I'm your Lord the most high so he subjected the Israelis the Bani Israel the children of Israel to so much suffering to slavery when Allah sent Musa alayhi salam then the struggle between the truth and the falsehood was heightened. This struggle continued for a long number of years until on the 10th of Muharram, on that particular year, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed Fir'aun in the sea. Allah destroyed Fir'aun and saved Musa alayhi salam in a popular story that all Muslims are abreast themselves with. So Musa alayhi salam, since that day, he used to fast on the 10th of Muharram. Then the Prophet said, if that is the case, the Prophet told the children of Israel, the Jewish in Medina, that we are more deserving of Moses. We are more deserving of following the footsteps of Moses than you. Why should the Prophet say this? Being that he is a Muslim and an Arab, and the Israelis, Musa salam, was a Jew. But here we're not talking about racism. We're not talking about tribal linkage. We're talking about spiritual and iman, the linkage, the iman that is linking us and Musa is stronger than the race that is linking the Jewish, the Jews and Musa alayhi salam. So we Muslims, even though we are not Jews, we are more deserving to follow the footsteps of Musa than the Bani Israel, the children of Israel. That is why the Prophet fasted and ordered all of us to fast. And he also said that fast the 10th and the, a day before it or a day after it so that you, your fasting, your mode of fasting will be different from that of the Jews. So all Muslims, we try our best to make the calculations so that we will not be able to, we will not miss the day of Ashura when it comes. You need to make the calculations. We take opportunity to get Jannah. We don't have to relax. We are seeking for Jannah. We need to be at vanguard. We need to be serious about seeking for Jannah. Such that any little deed will not give it a chance to pass away without we taking opportunity of it. Muslims, this day of Ashura also reminds us that, it reminds us that no matter how powerful falsehood is, the truth shall prevail over it. No matter how powerful falsehood is, the truth shall prevail over it. And no matter how small those who follow the truth are, they shall surely be granted victory by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fir'aun and his soldiers, they numbered in numbers. They were great in numbers. And they armed from feet to teeth. They have all the weapons. They have all the artillery to fight and to destroy Musa and his people. But when the Prophet Musa salam, took his people and they left the kingdom of Fir'aun, he pursued them. He pursued to kill all of them, to destroy them. Allah says, asafuna. And when he angered us, when he made us sad, when he angered us, when did he anger Allah? When he pursued with his army to destroy and kill the people of the truth. Allah said that was the point he angered us. When they go to the sea, Musa alayhi salam go to the sea, behind him is the army of Fir'aun. And the dust alone that was coming from the, the army, the angry army, that were coming could inspire fear in everybody. And this is the sea in front of them. This is an army behind them and the sea in front of them. So the children of Israel says that, Inna la mudrakul, we are caught up. We are destroyed. We are doomed. This is the sea, no ship or canoe to cross it, and this is the army of Fir'aun behind us. Then Musa says that, Inna ma'iya rabbi This is the fate of somebody who depends upon Allah. He said, Kalla, nay. There's no way Allah will abandon me. So a Muslim try to be optimistic about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't lose hope of Allah. You can face challenges in your endeavors in life. You will face, do not lose hope. Never for you 
should think even a moment that Allah has abandoned you. You're going through challenges, Allah is aware of you. You're going through hard times, Allah is aware of you. You're going through difficult times, Allah is aware of you. Don't ever allow shaitan to make you feel like Allah has abandoned you. No. If you do that, you have lost the test. Be firm. Even when a sword is by your throat, have faith that Allah will not abandon me. When it is very clear that you are, you, you are in danger, have faith that Allah will never abandon me. And so Musa salam says that, Kalla, inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. Allah is with me and he shall surely guide me. Then Allah taught, inspired him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him to strike his sword on the river. And it divided into 12 parts for the 12 tribes of the Bani Israel, the children of Israel. And so Allah saved them with the same river and destroyed Fir'aun and his forces with the same river. That is the powers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you go to the Holy Quran, the story of Musa is repeated several times. The whole story of Musa demonstrates to us the powers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It demonstrates to us the capabilities of Allah that is beyond the human comprehension. The story of Musa tells us that when Allah decreed that something will happen, the effort of humankind to make it unhappen, it increased the possibility of that thing happening. When Allah decreed that Musa will be the one that would destroy the, the, the rebelliousness of Fir'aun, Fir'aun could not prevent it. Even though he had a dream, and his sorceress interpreted that dream that a child, a male child shall be born to the children of Israel, you will meet your end on, in his hands. And since that dream, and with that interpretation, Fir'aun set forth, he launched a campaign to kill every male child born to the family of Israel. And because of Musa, who was a target, he killed about 70,000 innocent male children. At a point in time, they lost labor. There's no more much female ch male children to feed his labor force. So his advisors advised him to kill every other year. Kill this year and not kill the other year, in that order. And so Harun, who was the brother of Musa, was born on the year of no killing. Musa, who was the target, was born in the year of killing. Allah wants to show him that I have the power of everything. Wallahu ghalibun ala amri. If Allah said he want to do something, he has complete control over whatever he want to do. Musa, he was the target of all those rebelliousness and crime. Yet Allah, made, Allah could have made him not to be born on the year of no killing, so that he would be saved. But Allah made him to be born in the year of killing. And when he was killed, when he was born, Allah told, Allah inspired to the, to the mother of Musa alayhi salam that put him in a river, put him in a box, and put him on a river. That was done, and the water pushes the baby in that particular cradle, in that, in, in that box, towards the castle of Fir'aun. He was picked and sent to Fir'aun, and quickly Allah put the love of Musa in the wife of Fir'aun. Do not kill him because maybe he may benefit us or we take him as a son because Asiya, who was the wife of Fir'aun, was barren. He couldn't give birth to Fir'aun. Then do you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on top of this, he made Musa to be brought up by Fir'aun and even paid the mother for breastfeeding Musa alayhi salam. Because Musa alayhi salam, he refused to take any breast milk by any woman. They will bring this woman, he will cry. 
Then the, the sister of Musa السلام, who was keeping guard over the child advised to them that wouldn't I inform you of a, a particular family? I'm very optimistic that this child will accept the breast milk of that particular woman. And then Allah said, فَرَدَّدْنَاهُ إِلَىٰ أُمِّهِ كَيْ عَيْنُهَا وَلَا تَحْزَنُ Then we brought the child back to his mother so that he will not be sad. And so that many people will know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the power to do everything he wants to do. This is the mother. Nobody knew he was, she was the mother. Let go the son. If she went, if the son, the one, the son, the child went around, was brought back to her, and nobody knew that is the mother. So she was breastfeeding her own baby upon wages from Fir'aun. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the power and this is the faith that this story of Musa tried to tell us. Again, in the history of Islam, another event, sad event happened. On 10th of Ashura, according to the historians, Hussein and about 19 members of the Prophet family were killed in Karbala. Karbun Wabala. This was one of the saddest events in the history of Islam. Hussein and many other families of the Prophet were killed in that particular war. Historians will tell you much better about this. We can, we can read more about this. After that event, some section of Muslims celebrate that particular event on the day of Ashura every year. They mourn that particular day, they beat themselves, they cut themselves with swords and chains, they wear black clothes. Actually, this is not allowed in Islam. The Holy Prophet died and we didn't do anything. The Prophet never informed us that we should cry over any great man that passed away and we should take the day of his death as the day of commemoration after him. So it is not allowed. What we are told to say and to do when a calamity strikes us is that for us to know that we all from Allah and to him we go back. We said, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raj'oon. From Allah we come from and to him we'll be going back. But we don't do any other thing after. We comport ourselves. This is what we are advised to do. We pray to Allah to guide and strengthen all of us. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to the straight path. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this beautiful year that is coming. We pray to Allah to avert from us all dangers and calamities. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in knowledge and righteousness. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to better our life on earth. We pray to Allah to give us goodness in this life and the goodness in the hereafter. It is very important for Muslims to seek excellence in whatever that we do. It is part of the deen. A new year has come. A new Islamic year has come. Today is a third day, if I'm not mistaken. Try to improve on your life. Improve on your knowledge. Improve on your ibadah. If you are the type who used to miss your prayer, make it a point that this year I'm going to improve on my prayer. I'm going to make sure I don't miss my prayer. If you are the type who cannot wake up in the midnight, make it a point that I am going to start waking up in the midnight to pray at least two rakah, or at least my shepherd will return. If you are the type who don't know how to read the Quran, it's very sad to see intellectuals who have been to school and had the best of classes among Muslims here, they can't read the Quran. The Quran should be the first book that every Muslim child will graduate from the home with. So if you are the type, Alhamdulillah has given you the brains, make sure you do not go to back to Allah without anything of the Quran being in that brain. What will you tell Allah? You've been an accountant, Alhamdulillah is good for you. You've been, a, you, you, you've been, you, you, you've been, whatever you have been, you meet a medical doctor, it's very good, you have done well. You have served the world very well. You have served the Muslim community, you have served your country. 
But what have you done about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you don't learn the book of Allah, how will you know what Allah will expect from you? So that brain Allah has given to us is a message from Allah. Make good use of it by making sure you learn and read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah guide and strengthen all of us. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kira adhaban nar. اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عزنا وعز الإسلام والمسلمين وذل كفر والكافرين اللهم ذل كفر والكافرين اللهم بارك في بلدنا غانا اللهم بارك في المسلمين خاصة اللهم بارك في المسلمين خاصة اللهم بارك في عائمتنا اللهم بارك في مشايخنا اللهم وفقنا لكل خير اللهم وفقنا لكل خير اللهم صرف عن نسو اللهم صرف عن نسو لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إن كنا من الظالمين عباد الله إن الله أمركم بأمر بدأ به نفسه إن الله ملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. More updates. Kindly subscribe to or follow the Muslim Network podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell